You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're a 415 you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast. As always, on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game, that is Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. Mark, my man, how are you? I'm doing well, Evan. Uh, recovering after quite the uh, sports weekend. I know you had some time with family for Easter. Uh, I didn't get to go up to see to see my folks, but uh, there was a ton to watch. It was it was a kind of matinee basketball in the NBA, the final day of the regular season. And there were so many moving parts in the Western conference. You had a full slate of afternoon baseball, and then you had the masters wrapping up. So I'm recovering after looking at 20 screens the entire weekend. How are you doing? I'm good. And we also had an important soccer match between our house, Arsenal and Liverpool played and the Reds ended up tying against the top of the leader so congrats for you staying at the top and congrats to my team for stealing a point shall we call it so that that was fun too a whole day of sports mark you're right yeah whole day of sport it started off great uh with that uh, with my team arsenal up two nothing and then uh, and then it was downhill from there but we don't need to talk about that That's yeah cool. love a good soccer match where you can celebrate a tie uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm i'm with you look it was it was an awesome weekend and it was really hard not to just stay glued to the television like you said we were able to um you know, get, go celebrate Easter with with family and take a couple of hours off. But yeah, you know, we also were kind of tapped into what's going on at, at the Masters and John Rom running away with it down the stretch. And also, you know, here in the Bay Area, the Golden State Warriors making history by scoring yeah. fifty five points in the first quarter. Uh, there was a lot that went on on Sunday, and uh, yeah, look, it's and there's going to be a lot that continues to go on as, as the weeks ensue. Uh, but as far as the 49ers is concerned, maybe this sort of flew under the radar based on everything that we just sort of recapped here. But there was some quarterback news, as there always is. But thank God, Mark, it wasn't a rumor. It actually is something I think is semi-legitimate. And that it was Trey Lance sort of uh, setting social media on fire by a couple of things, uh, notably a workout with with Patrick Mahomes. And we'll dig into that in a little bit. But but what I think what caught everyone's attention, Mark, was I guess the video that was sort of circulating from that workout or a photo and a, a video. And that was of Trey Lance's new throwing motion, so to speak. It, it looks like from what we saw in his workout that, you know, he's he's created kind of a, a more compact motion and everyone just took it and sort of ran with it. And it seemed like, especially with the way that everything is sort of circled around Trey Lance and maybe a not so positive fashion with Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold and 
quarterbacks being connected to the 49ers. I will say first, before we, we dive in, it was nice to at least see some coverage around Trey Lance that was not completely, hey, trade this guy, get him out of here, and you know we got to find a new home, and he needs a fresh start. I hear you. I understand that it it is refreshing to open up, you know, Twitter and you see Trey Lance trending and you think, oh, God, what's going on now? And then you realize, oh, it's it's just a video from a workout out in in uh, Texas where he's meeting up with Mahomes. He also met up with Dante Moore, who's about to be a freshman at UCLA, a really high recruit. Interestingly enough, those were three together. Maybe there were more, but uh, you saw an Instagram post of, of those three specifically. Um, I will say, however, Evan, while it is nice that it isn't, um, you know, this guy's getting traded, the Niners are so done with him. That's refreshing. Um, I, I think generally most people are making a very big deal out of a video or two videos of him throwing a football. Um, you can see slight differences in the motion, but I mean, it, it doesn't look drastically different to me. I will say you know, with his motion last year and everything that we've seen that's been under a microscope now for a couple of years, he does have a pretty long and drawn-out motion. He dips the ball pretty low, which which isn't good because it becomes susceptible to being, you know, poked free, you know, by a an extended arm from a pass rusher. He doesn't keep it close, and it's, it's out in the open kind of hanging around for a long time as he moves it around before throwing it. So there is room, I think, to improve. And while this new motion that we saw, Evan, uh, seems to be, as you said, a little bit more compact, I th- I think we're making a much bigger deal out of this than it actually should be. I mean, it's a video from one workout he's had this offseason. We know he's throwing. Uh, he, he he said that at the, the end of season presser that he was good enough to come out of the boot really quickly and he was going to start throwing. I mean, this... This isn't much, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel, but I, th- I think we're overreacting. Probably. I, I think that, and maybe I could be wrong. Maybe people are reacting to you know, the, the throwing motion. But to me, what I guess more caught my eye was the, the person in the background of the video who was Jeff Christensen, who mm-hmm. was the, the guy working evidently with Trey Lance on his throwing motion. And for those who who. No, Jeff Christensen worked with Jimmy Garoppolo when he was in high school and sort of helped create that that tight, compact delivery that at least was the one thing that I thought was always consistent about Garoppolo. He got the ball out very quickly, whether it was going to his team or the other, who knew? But he did get the ball out quickly. Um, so I, I think if you want to kind of read between the the you know the tea leaves there, that might be something. I will say this though. Trey Lance, if he is if he has a tighter, more compact throwing motion, that's great. I also didn't see any pads on him. I also True. didn't see anybody around him. I also didn't see any other video aside from one throw. Uh, I saw the best probable throw that he he made that day. And the other thing that, that always caught my eye about Trey Lance, Mark, it, it's not like... I, I honestly, I don't care how you get the ball out. Like, it's great. If you throw the ball like Dan Marino or Aaron Rodgers and, you know, or you shoot the ball like Clay Thompson or Stephen Curry, that's great. That's fantastic if your form looks perfect. But does the ball go in the net? 
And does the ball get to your receiver on time when it's supposed to get there? That's really all I care about. And so the one thing, in addition to Jeff Christensen in the background that caught my eye about this video, was the fact that it was a perfect spiral because <laughs> Trey Lance does not always throw a perfect spiral. So if you can do that consistently over and over again, and we'll find out in OTAs coming up in May if that's the case, then this is a great sign. But until I see it actually on the field and in pads, I'm with you. This is way overblown. Uh, you took the words out of my mouth. The one thing I was going to point to as a positive was the spiral because <laughs> pads or not, we've seen some uh, some wobbly throws from Trey Lance uh, ever since he was drafted. Uh, so the spiral, certainly a good look. It was, I mean, it looked like a pretty good throw, but again, it's in a controlled environment without pads on. You're saying there's no one in his face, yada, 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 whatever. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, the Jeff Christensen thing is interesting. You mentioned, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo's, you know, throwing coach, and he's a big reason why Garoppolo developed such a quick release, which obviously led him to a lot of success with the 49ers. You could probably argue that was his best quality, his best trait uh, under Kyle Shanahan and with the 49ers. Uh, Christensen also being, you know, the personal football quarterback coach of Patrick Mahomes, who I know obviously we've said was, was down there working out as well. Um, those are obviously all related, not coincidence. Uh, I mean, if you were to pick a quarterback coach out there, Evan, if you're Trey Lance, you're to pick a quarterback coach out there that might help you the most. That might give you the best chance to convince people in the Niners organization that you are the guy in for the future I can't think of a, a better possibility than one who has helped Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been, despite some serious, you know, liabilities, some serious limitations, has been good and has had success in this uh, scheme. And then maybe the best quarterback of all time when it's all said and done, Patrick Mahomes. That's, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good combo if, if you're looking for someone that can maybe do you a little bit of good in this Niners system. Yeah, like any affiliation with Patrick Mahomes is going to help whatever stock you have at this point. Just standing uh, next to him and breathing the same air that he breathes might help. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Who knows about osmosis? <laughs> I mean, at this point, nothing could hurt. But but I yep. will say this about, I guess, quarterbacks trying to, you know, develop. Like Trey Lance is still very young, he's twenty two, twenty three, and he's coming up on a pivotal season. I'm sure he's looked around, he's talked to a bunch of different people and said, who, hey, hey, what do I need to do better? How can I accomplish that? And if this guy, you know, Christensen can help him get to that point, then by all means, that's awesome. I, I think it was Josh Allen that worked with uh, Carson Palmer's brother, Jordan Palmer, after his either second or third season. And that's when we saw him take off, when you saw that completion percentage jump like 10 points in the matter of a season. Yeah, And I know that that's, Unfortunately, the comp that I think a lot of people put with Trey Lance is, oh, well, you know, he's going to be a slow developing quarterback, but he's got the tools of a Josh Allen. He's got a big arm. And if he can just kind of fine tune it, then you could get those sort of results. I don't necessarily think that's the case, but it does, I think, signal maybe a more, more of a trend among younger quarterbacks that they come into this league pretty unpolished, like the you know, a, a Justin Herbert, for example, or a Joe Burrow are the outliers. Like the majority of these quarterbacks need to kind of, even if they are physical specimens like Josh Allen, have someone to kind of dig in and, and sort of give them a path to getting better. And 
it does appear at least like Trey Lance is trying to do those things as opposed to maybe just working on what he had been the previous two off seasons uh, before this one. So, I mean, it, it's clear he's, he's attempting to, you know, try and rewrite some wrongs, whether it be mechanically or physically. Um, and now that he's healthy, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, seeing it on the field and it looks like OTAs is going to be the first time we get to see that. Well, yeah, I mean, really aside from his performance on the field in actual games, which has been limited, of course, he's only started four games, didn't finish one of those. Aside from that, I mean, he's done just about everything else right. I know we talked about last episode and in a, a few different episodes recently, how he has said all the right things. He supported all of the right teammates. He's we've never heard him say a disparaging word. He, he seems to be doing all of the work that he should be doing. It's just that the opportunities haven't quite presented themselves consistently. And when he has gotten the opportunities, unfortunately something has kind of gotten in the way. Um, now you could blame him for some of those obstacles, I, I suppose. I think a lot of it has been out of his power, um, but that's just the reality of this situation. So I think you're pointing out something that's important, Evan, that you know it, it seems like he's making every effort to still try to compete and win this job, despite, as we've talked about, what seems like the writing on the wall says otherwise. Uh, that's not new, though. I, I think he's been doing that. It's it's not a this offseason thing. I think he's handled everything the right way. Of course, we don't know everything, but it seems to me, at least from the outside, um, that these efforts that he's putting in this offseason um, are more of a, a continuation of things he's done since he's been drafted. It just hasn't quite translated into consistent opportunities on the field yet. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Aussie Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. That is Mark Grandy. Please follow him on social at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. I'm Evan Giddings. You can follow me on social at eGiddings10. Please download, rate, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast from. We very much appreciate it with two episodes coming your way uh, every week here in the offseason. Okay, and, and... I guess this is sort of the the next part of this. Like we're talking about Trey Lance working out with Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about him maybe or maybe not having a mechanical change in his in his throwing motion. But with the I guess the kind of outpouring support that we read and saw on social media, it does it, it had my mind kind of moving Mark into the question of like, well, is there a hype train for Trey Lance coming into this? This season, or and and especially this offseason, where he's now head to head, evidently with Sam Darnold for quote unquote first team reps. Like there was obviously a hype train for Trey Lance when he was drafted. I think there was even a hype train going into last season when he was named the starting quarterback. But I do wonder if there is either still one or if there's one kind of every so often being manufactured, like we saw this weekend for a, a social media video and photo. There's definitely not a hype train for Trey Lance within the Niners organization. I can tell you that if there is, they're doing the best possible job at concealing it because they have 
done and said everything that, that makes you believe that they don't believe in Trey Lance anymore. I think there's still a lot of people, and, and this is probably true in the organization, but more so just curious football fans in general. I'm, I fall into this category. I think you do as well. I'm sure the vast majority of 49er fans fall into this category as well, Evan. I just want to see who the hell this kid is on the field. We haven't had the opportunity yet. I'm not sure I describe that as a hype train, but I am going to be, you know, I'm consuming every piece of Trey Lance media that I possibly can, because I'm just so curious to find out who the hell this guy is. We've been around him for almost two full years now, and we still really don't know anything more than we did the minute he was drafted. It's crazy. And it's, really unfortunate that we're still in this position and that he's still in this position. So no, I would say there isn't necessarily a hype train, at least in the Niners organization about, Oh, this guy is going to be great. But I think there's still a ton of curiosity about who he might be at least outside the organization, because we just really haven't had any solid definitive proof or evidence that shows that either he's good or he's bad. We, We still just don't know yet. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. And I think that's why when you hear people make comments about what he needs to do more of, it it kind of falls on hollow ears, in my opinion, because what he needs to do is play. Yes. And that's really the only way that you can make an evaluation, or at least a, a, as a fan. Like, obviously, if you see him practice every day, and you know, we'll, we'll have a chance to go out, I'm sure, to, to training camp towards the tail end of the summer and get a look for it with our own eyes. But because I, I think there's this combination of factors that disallow us to, to have a, a hype train for Trey Lance at this point. And it's because of the success that quarterbacks have had around him in Kyle Shanahan's system. And I think it's because of the other measurable traits or, or characteristics of the quarterbacks in the quarterback room right now. If he was the only young quarterback, if he was the only toolsy quarterback or or raw physical quarterback in the room i think it would be easier to say hey let's check out this video where you know he's throwing a perfect spiral and he's got that big arm and things look like they're trending in the right direction for trey lance but he's in a quarterback room where everyone is under the age of 25 and everyone is relatively unknown but he just happens to have the most question marks surrounding him at this point whether it be because of injury or also you know, perhaps poor play or, or um, inconsistent play when he's gotten an opportunity. Meanwhile, we have nothing but trust, some reason, for, for Brock Purdy, and that's because he hasn't failed yet. And then even Sam Darnold seems to get more of a, a I don't want to say the benefit of the doubt, but he's played 55 or 54 games in the NFL, so you kind of have to lean on that. And his experience, Trey Lance falls somewhere in the middle of those two guys, and I think that's why we've seen the hype train come to a skidding halt, at least this offseason compared to the last two, just because there was this exciting question about him. And like you mentioned, it hasn't been answered yet. And he's also stuck between two guys that have kind of similar issues, but have also shown more in their career so far. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that there's, I'm not sure hype train is the the right word or phrase here, but I still think there's a ton of interest in him league wide. And this is why I've spent a lot of time, you know, discussing here on the podcast, the possibility of the Niners trading him. 
This is a team that gave gave out a lot of their top draft picks recently. Now they have a lot of draft picks this draft coming up in a few weeks, which we'll talk about in just a little bit, but they don't have a first round pick. They don't have a second round pick Uh, picks in the later rounds are depleted as well. At least they were before they got some comp pick uh, picks back for some coaching and and front office hires. This is why I've, I've kind of been dancing around it for the last month or so, Evan, but, I think I want to definitively make a prediction here. I think the Niners trade Trey Lance this offseason. I think it happens. I don't want it to happen because, again, I don't know if Trey Lance is bad. I'm still confident that I think he can be a, at least a mediocre, you know, middle middle of the pack quarterback in the NFL. I still believe that. I the Niners clearly don't. And okay, maybe it's it's wrong of me to disagree with them. They clearly know more about him than I do. Uh, but it just seems like we're headed down that road. And I, I guarantee you there will be suitors. And, and this is where the, the interest level from the rest of the league comes into play because they don't know what he is. And if he is, in fact, a bust or not, there will be plenty of teams willing to pick up the phone from John Lynch or whoever and say, hey, yeah, we'll give you X pick and Y pick and and Z pick. There will be a lot of interest in Trey Lance if the Niners make that phone call. So I'm not sure hype train is the right word again, but there's still a ton of interest in him because he's a very clearly talented athletic guy who just hasn't been able to get on the field yet. There's still a ton of potential in him. There is, and I'd love to see it. I'm with you to a point, and maybe we can make a gentleman's bet here. I don't think that Trey Lance is going to be traded this offseason. If he is, though, it will be on draft night. It will be at the NFL draft. I think that is kind of the the line in the sand that I will draw for Trey Lance potentially being traded. I just don't think that San Francisco one knows what they have and is willing to give that up for a mid round pick. Because at this point, yes, I do think there's league wide interest in Trey Lance, but if you're a, you know, an opposing franchise, what would you be willing to give up at this point for him? Like you would call San Francisco and say, Hey, you know, it doesn't really look like you're going to be needing Trey Lance this year. And Sam Darnold's a serviceable backup. And you know, how, how about we throw a, you know, a, a third or fourth or, you know, maybe a future fifth year way. And, you know, we, we, we try and work something out. Well, the 49ers are saying, what the hell? We just, we spent three first round picks on this guy. Like, absolutely not. Even if, I, I don't even know if, if, a, if a second or a third round pick at this point would be something that they would, would field an offer for maybe, but I don't think that that's the offer that's coming their way right now for a guy that, as we have talked about ad nauseum, no one knows anything about. Like, no one knows if Trey Lance is indeed the guy he's been working out with Patrick Mahomes or the guy that he was also working out with, uh, you, you said a, a, a high school quarterback from Texas? Uh, high school, oh, the, he also was working out with Dante Moore, Dante, Dante Moore, Moore who's, sorry. who's committed to UCLA. Yeah, he's, he's about to be a freshman at UCLA. Yeah. Okay, so we don't know whether he's closer to a guy that's about to enter college or a guy <laughs> that is seen as the GOAT. Like, we have no clue. He's somewhere on that spectrum, and I don't think that any team would be willing to give up enough capital for the 49ers to say, yes, we're going to move off something we know nothing about and coming off a season in which we lost three starting quarterbacks. So I, I just think that 
all of the factors combined to me would signal that Trey Lance is, is going to be a 49er, whether he likes it or not, honestly. Uh, yeah, the, the reason I, I know about Dante Morris because he was an Oregon commit. He's a he's a five star guy. And then uh, and then he he uh, he pulled what his happened? commitment back. He, he pulled his verbal commit back and signed with uh, Chip Kelly and the Bruins. So if there's ever a sure thing out there is that Dante Moore is going to be a great collegiate quarterback because he was about to be a duck. But we got cheated out of him, Evan. We got if, cheated. If only he had signed with Chip Kelly 10 years ago. Yeah, for real. Um you're talking about potential compensation on a Trey Lance trade. It just got my mind going back to this, which which was a rumor that came out over the weekend, totally unsubstantiated. And I'm not even going to mention who who tweeted this out because, frankly, they don't deserve that publicity. Uh, but there's a rumor, Evan, rumor. Yeah, 49ers are willing to trade quarterback Trey Lance in exchange for a 2023 second and fourth round pick uh again rumor it's not even from an official media member it's, it's from a twitter account that just has like the nfl logo and some other things as their as their picture on twitter so it's it's nothing sure. serious and i'm i'm not I'm, I'm not taking any real stock in it but well, just that's using, where we can start is what you're saying just using that as a conversation piece and first of all if the niners were going to trade trey lance they wouldn't ever come out and say yeah a second and fourth will get it done. That's not how negotiations work. Um, but I don't know whether the Niners do that for a second round pick and a fourth round pick in this year's draft. That would immediately become their highest pick in this upcoming draft and give them another middle round pick. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Well, let, let's leave the 49ers out of this. If the Tennessee Titans, Ron Carthen, you know, has relationships with the 49ers and it doesn't look like the Titans are all too happy with Malik Willis. And there might be a spot where you can rebuild, but also develop a young quarterback. And maybe Trey Lance is that guy, the Tennessee Titans called the San Francisco 49ers. And they said, we'll give you a second and a fourth round pick for Trey Lance. Do you do that? Second and a fourth. Cause I do not. I don't know if you're going to get a better offer. And if this season goes along as you hope it does, which is to say that Trey Lance does not play much because you clearly believe more in Brock Purdy, I don't think his stock is going up if he doesn't play. It, it's going down. Or at the very best, it's staying the same. It's certainly not increasing if he does not get on the field. Maybe if he plays two, three weeks in mop-up duty, or, you know, in, in injury replacement duty early in the season and plays decent, okay, maybe it, it goes up minorly. But I'm not sure there is an upside to not trading Trey Lance now if you have no intention of him being your starting quarterback. If you're set on Brock Purdy, and if you think Sam Darnold can definitely be your backup quarterback, why wouldn't you trade Trey Lance now? Because I'm not sure his stock is going to go up because it's already gone down over the last two years a ton. I wouldn't move him because, in my opinion, nobody in that quarterback room is proven. Like, I know Brock Purdy is a great opening act, and I know that Sam Darnold has some experience, and he's played his best football at least so far, you know, in his last nine games or whatever it was with Carolina. Yeah. Um, but nobody is proven. I, I, I'm sorry, like nobody in that room to me, you can 
just give the tip of the cap to and say that's our guy for the next five years. Well, how does how does Lance help that? I mean, he's probably because he could be all that of guy. Them. Like you just you give yourself an, another another card to play with. Like Brock Purdy could be a card. He could be great. Trey Lance could be a card. He could be great. Sam Darnold could be a card. Like to me, you just you you cut yourself off of the possibility of finding a, a franchise quarterback and a guy you drafted to be if you trade him for. I, I know a second isn't nothing uh but i i am certainly not willing to move off of the potential of trey lance for a middle round pick in a second that's just me that's fair uh i I think i'd argue really quickly i know we got to change up i'd argue i think the niners have already decided that they've they've given up that they're done and if they have actually made that decision what is the use in sitting on him any longer well, we'll see after a couple more months, and Brock Purdy may or may not be allowed to throw in uh, six or eight. So mm, we'll see. We shall see. Uh, this is the 415ers podcast brought to you, as always, by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, 95.7 The Game. That's Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. Please download, rate, subscribe, five stars, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, every single show will throw up a couple of YouTube videos, a couple of tweets. Please follow us. Please subscribe. Uh, the 95.7 The Game YouTube channel. You can catch all of our content there as well. Okay, so let's transition, Mark, because like we said, all this, again, revolves around the draft, what the <laughs> 49ers don't have as far as picks are concerned, which is a second rounder, but they do have a lot of thirds. Now, the totality of their picks consume 11 NFL draft picks as of now, um, and I believe only one of them is in the top 100, but they have like three thirds at the very end of that that round so you know they they do have kind of a lot of choices just not very high ones um but i'll i'll, I'll ask you first our, our prompt up for our, our youtube audience the areas of need for this upcoming draft kind of where do you assess the 49ers especially with not having again you know a top 75 pick this year yeah it's tough when you consider you don't have a lot of um high draft capital uh, when you're trying to get a position that almost every other team is also trying to get, or at least a lot of teams that's really highly valued, it's the offensive line and specifically right tackle for me, Evan. Uh, we've talked a lot about that this offseason. Obviously, with Mike McGlinchey off to the Denver Broncos, John Lynch and the 49ers have, have really all but said that the starting right tackle job will go to Colton McKivitz, who's really just been a, a fill-in, backup, you know, spot starter here and there throughout his relatively young career so far. Uh, if that's your starter, one, it says you don't have a ton of great options, which is true for the 49ers. The other thing is they also don't have a ton of depth at that position. Jalen Moore is a possibility, a, a young player drafted uh, you know, a couple years ago. That's That's an option at depth, but you don't have a ton of depth at the tackle spot. On the other side at left tackle, Trent Williams is certainly still fantastic, but he's getting up there in age. He's been banged up. I think it would be foolish to expect him to start and play in every single game this coming season. You need depth at the tackle spot. I would be shocked, Evan, you mentioned those third-round picks. They have picked 99, 101, and 102. All are compensatory There'll be a string of four picks where the Niners have three of them. If the Niners do not pick a tackle in one of those three uh, picks, Evan, I'll be, I'll be surprised. I think that's the biggest area of need this year. Interesting. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I think the offensive line is absolutely a, 
area of of need, one that needs to be improved. I also don't think that the interior of the offensive line should be out of the question at this point because even though you had great seasons from Spencer Burford and Aaron Banks, considering all things, Burford a rookie, Banks didn't play a lot as a rookie season and did in his essentially sophomore year. Um, I'm also looking at at a center position with, with Jake Brendel, who's a relatively unknown commodity. If, if you suffer injuries to pretty much every position outside of left tackle, and especially if you suffer an injury to left tackle, um, you're you're going to be in, in the danger zone. And, and as we saw last year, offensive line played a massive part of what the 49ers could and then ended up not being able to do down the stretch of their season. So I, I'm with you. Right tackle, um, I would love to see you know a potential guard slash center um, combination, maybe kind of similar to it to a Brendel even, and even if it's just added depth, having somebody that's versatile that can play multiple positions on the line, I think would be valuable. And I think you can find in those sort of later round picks. Uh, I also do want to say that uh, cornerback, I think, is, is something that they need to address because that number two spot is a bit up in the air right now. Diamador Lenore can certainly fill it. The the the, the nickel spot. Uh, Samuel Womack is is someone who you know, performed pretty well in his 16 games played in his rookie season. But as a fifth round pick, um, you know, I think you can always add depth there. Uh, and, and according to what I've read from a lot of draft sites, a cornerback is supposed to be a very deep class this year, um, either one, two or three, depending on how you slice it as far as position groups. So I think there could not only be, you know, room for improvement for the 49ers, but also room to grab a quality cornerback in that third round if if you have two or three picks to kind of hand out. Um, the one area that I do think is is maybe going a bit under the radar here, and it's not a super glaring area of need right now, but it is, it is tight end, Mark. Hmm. Um, I know that George Kittle is coming off a fantastic season down the stretch, especially built a lot of chemistry with Brock Purdy. Hope that continues into next year. Uh, but George Kittle is going to be paid a lot of money. And I know he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of 2026, in which he'd be age 34. I don't necessarily know if he's going to make it to that point. There's a potential out after the 2024 season. He's getting there up in age. And I think there could be a possibility of the 49ers either restructuring or potentially, you know, trying to find a replacement eventually for George Kittle. He's a great 49er. He's been awesome. And I also know that he's had a couple of seasons where he's been banged up. He was banged at the beginning of this year, played the final 15. Um, I just wouldn't, I, I'm going to throw it out there. I wouldn't be surprised that the 49ers took a tight end somewhere in the, maybe not third round, but perhaps a little later, like where they got George Kittle in the fifth. I don't think that's terribly out of left field. I would say I don't think they're drafting a tight end really to do much at all this coming season. George Kittle, Ross Dwelly uh, are under contract for the 49ers. Also, Charlie Warner, who they drafted a few years ago. They have three guys who have played snaps for them already on the roster. But as you do look further ahead into future seasons, you can see that position becoming an area of need. So maybe they draft someone who they think is more of a project as in, as opposed to someone who they think can help them right now, or maybe someone that, that only really factors in on special teams for the time being. Maybe that's the route that they do go if they do draft a tight end. Um, the other spot 
uh, that I think is is worth mentioning is edge rusher. We know the Niners' big move in the offseason was beefing up the interior of the defensive line with Javon Hargrave, uh, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles. You pair him uh, with Armstead, you know, in the middle of that defensive line, and you have two really, really good guys there. You, you might need a little bit of depth there as well. You do have Javon Kinlaw still, who, who we know has been – mostly down in his career with an injury and when he's been on the field hasn't impressed all that much but I think they still need some depth on the edge rusher spot they lose uh, Omenahu they lose Ebukam they do get a couple of veteran guys who've been around the league but but no one uh, that you would expect to, to be able to come in and put up big numbers um, so I think certainly an edge rusher is a position that they will target in the draft I know we're kind of just running through like the most important positions in football, offensive line, cornerback, defensive line, all of that. Uh, but you can never have enough depth on the defensive line, specifically edge rushers, um, as we know well, considering what has been the Niners downfall at certain times. Uh, it's been perhaps lack of pass rush by the Niners and other pass rushes getting to their quarterbacks. Uh, so I think an edge rusher is a spot they'll certainly certainly be looking at maybe they draft a couple of edge rushers in the draft yeah and you can even look to last year's draft and say hey well you know you had nick bosa coming back um you know you you had eric armstead you had a lot of top tier you know edge rushers so to speak and they used their first pick of the draft last year on drake jackson who's who's an edge rusher so no i'm 100 with you the 49ers philosophy is to win from the inside out both on offense as well as defense And one of the big reasons why they have been so successful is because they have always had consistently dominant defensive lines. And and that can change the game in a lot of ways, as we've seen uh, in the Kyle Shanahan tenure and even beforehand. So, no, I'm I'm with you, even though it it may not sound sexy. It may not sound, um, you know, like we're we're trying to remake the wheel here. Uh, It's exactly, I think, where they're going to go. And, And again, when you have multiple third round picks, that is where I think you see teams not not reach, but but you're allowed to have kind of your your pick in the sense of guys that have fallen and what you're trying to figure out why exactly their draft stock isn't as high as it, as it was reported. And then also, you know, maybe some of those kind of project type talents that they maybe had one good season in college or maybe they were you know hurt as a senior or, or got hurt down the stretch. Um, you know, potentially at a pro day or or when they're working out. So I think because they have so many of those high risk, high reward type of spots in the draft available to them. No, I, I don't think it'd be crazy at all to see them maybe even use their first pick on an edge rusher. I think one thing that is also a possibility is the Niners have the ammunition to move up in the draft if they want to. They don't, again, they don't have a first round pick. They don't have a second round pick. They have three third round picks. I know they're later in the third round, but you package a couple of third rounders, a fourth rounder, it could get you up into the second round. Um, and and maybe that's what they do. I'm, I'm not saying I think they will. I think they would prefer um, quantity of picks as opposed to, you know, one pick of a higher quality. Because I think it's similar to what you're talking about in the quarterback room, Evan. You you have unproven, unproven, and unproven. Why not increase your odds and keep all three? You have a higher likelihood of one of them hitting. 
Um, I think maybe they have the same mindset going into the draft, which is all right. We don't have a, a super high pick, but we have a lot of picks rounds three through seven. Let's just stand pat, keep them. We'll use all these picks. The odds that we hit one, two, three of them, maybe pretty decent. Now, maybe there is a draft crush that they absolutely love and they feel like they're going to be picked late in the second round and they feel like they need to move up. If they feel that way, they have the ammunition. They have the draft capital, as odd as it seems, given all the picks that they have traded away. They have the capital to move up in the draft. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I would bet against it. But if that is the direction they choose to go, they certainly can. They're not limited in that sense because they have so many picks. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe they could add an extra second and fourth round pick. I mean, who, who knows? <laughs> Maybe you never know. Uh, for those who've been following along, that that would <laughs> that would involve trading Trey Lance. No. Okay, uh, well, we'll leave that here. We'll come back to the quarterbacks as we always <laughs> tend to do here on the four one five results. So get you some more uh, draft info on our next episode coming your way on Thursday. As we appreciate you tuning into this episode of the four one fivers podcast. As always, that is Mark Grandy. My name is Evan Giddings. Saying so long until next time. Uh, we appreciate you, and we'll talk to you in the next episode. Have a good one. Bye.